Jeez. Hi, I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and this is the Pet Loss Companion, a weekly broadcast that my friend and colleague and co-author Nancy Saxton Lopez and I do every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And then it's available as a podcast on Apple Podcasts and Anchor and a whole bunch of other places. And it's also available as a video cast on, on YouTube. And hopefully some people are joining us live as well. And this is an opportunity for us to share some thoughts and recommendations for people who are working through the loss of a beloved animal companion. We draw from the experiences that we had for decades supporting people in a pet loss group who had come because they had either had an immediate loss or it was the anniversary or there was some reason that they really could use some support with the loss of their pet. And so this is a way to take that information, take that support and give it to a, a broader audience. We wanna say from the beginning that this is a program that is a friend of Dakin Humane Society in Springfield, Massachusetts. And I'm gonna read a little bit about them. Dakin is a 501c3 community supported animal welfare organization that provides shelter, medical care, spay and neuter services, and behavioral rehabilitation for more than 20,000 animals and people each year. And they're very concerned about the, with the animal companion human being bond. It's something that they put a lot of focus on. Since its inception in 1969, Dakin has become one of the most recognized nonprofit organizations in central Massachusetts and a national leader in animal welfare. You can learn more about Dakin and make a donation at dakinhumane.org. And that's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E.org. They're a wonderful organization. And if you're in the local area, it'd be great to go and visit them. You'll be, you'll be amazed at the programming that they have and the ways that they are set up. It's a really large shelter. Nice. And so, Ken, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, I know our last um, episode last week had a lot to do with the death of your beloved Isabel. How's it going? It's, it's going fine. It's going weird. It's just weird, right? It's like I'm pretty okay, but there are moments when I'm really down. And I, I tend to do things like play music that provokes sadness over and over and over again. And so that's one of the ways that, that I get my feelings out. I also had an experience where I was thinking about Isabel and I was outside. I'm outside a lot. And a bird just came and almost took off my hat. I wear a big, floppy, dirty uh, hat when I'm outside because I'm gardening <laughs> and trying to keep the sun off me. And it was really quite something. I was thinking about her and this bird came by. It was either a bluebird or a meadow, a meadow swallow, which are really common. We have a lot of uh, bird boxes, bird houses here. It was just really striking to me. So I, I feel like Isabel's around and, but it's, it's just very sad. We also got her ashes back a couple mm -hmm. days ago. So we, she's now joined Jack and Lily on the hutch. So it's the weirdest thing because there's Isabel and Jack and Lily who knew each other in life. I mean, they all lived together during their, their, their lives overlapped, 
And then we have Abigail, who is, of course, still with us, thankfully. Great. It's just very strange to have your little friend, your beloved family member, is now represented by a little box with a plaque on it. So, yeah, thanks for asking. But I'm doing okay. It's just, you know, it's a very strange up and down yeah. experience, and it will be for a while. And, you know, I've done some exploring of whether I'm going to adopt another pet soon and looking at the, the various, looking at some of the shelter, some of the shelter postings in the area. So looking at Dakin, looking at, at Second Chance Animal Shelter, both of which are very near to me. So doing that kind of stuff. Thanks. Thanks for asking. Yeah, of course. And um, let's, let's talk a bit about this wonderful story that we got from Stephanie and John in Illinois, a very sad, poignant story about their dog, their Dalmatian, Calvin, who died on June 2nd, was near death and they took him to the vet and the vet uh, said that it was time and so so he was euthanized. And they they sent us, Stephanie wrote out a really beautiful yeah, narrative about Just the whole, the whole, the whole process. They, they work through this. Yeah, the process. And there's beautiful photographs of Calvin, of the, his body, of the burial. And the story ends, and I don't want to give it away, but the story ends in a way that's really in line with what we've been talking about when it comes to signs and, and comfort. comforting, mm -hmm. comforting signals mm -hmm. from your lost beloved animal companion. So, so that story, I posted it on our Facebook pet loss companion page. It's now posted just a little while ago. I put the link also on our, our YouTube description mm -hmm. for this, this broadcast today, and I'll put it on anchor. So it'll be on the, the podcast link as well. So it's a, it's a PDF. It's really, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And it's something well worth I, think, reading. I, th I think it's something that will bring a lot of people comfort. And, yeah. and as we share that, we encourage you to, to, to share your stories with us, to share your questions and comments, because it, it's very important for people to hear from one another. And while we don't have a group, we can be a hub for sharing information that people are willing to to bring forward and make available to other people. It always helps others to, to hear how another family or another individual is, is going through this and, and finding peace ultimately uh, through this really challenging process. And also the support, that's, that's the beauty yep. of the group. You know, yeah. um, we can try to do that as best we can in this format, but that's the beauty of a group of going in and really talking to people who are going through it or have gone through it and just being feeling comfort, feeling home that you yeah. have these people that, that really understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, so tonight we were going to talk about grieving in general. Um, there's no wrong or right way to do it. How we get through it. And, you know, I was thinking about that this some of the things we do seem kind of irrational. So like I said, I found, uh, I found these songs mostly over somewhere over the rainbow <laughs> and the rainbow connection. I'm laughing at myself and I would just play it over and over and over again, different people's versions. And, and I would cry and cry and cry. I'm thinking, 
Well, I can tell you, I do some strange things when I'm grieving. They're not, I mean, I shouldn't judge myself that way. No, but, don't. You so, can't. So we all do, I'm thinking, you know. It's not grieve. right or wrong. It's why you grieve, right? And, out, and out, outside, like outside all, you know, just being out in nature helps me a lot. Uh, yes, um, you're very connected to nature and, and yeah. you need to be connected to nature. It's yeah, very and, but you. for other people, right? What are some other things that people do? They're all, we do all we'll, kinds of things. We'll get, we'll get into it. But I thought I was, you know, we could start by just kind of giving an overview of, of what happens or what to look for or what to think about in the process. And first, it's not to repress your feelings. Mm-hmm. All feelings exactly. are valid. They're right. They're real. And they're deserved no matter what the feeling is. And of course, you're going to have denial and shock and anger and depression and sadness and yearning and frustration and a guilt, all of these. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also to take it slow. We, you know, we've talked a lot on our episodes to, to be gentle, to be kind to yourself, to be compassionate. You've had a wound, you know, mm-hmm. an emotional wound that's going to take some time to heal um, and only to take on what you can handle. You know, a, a lot of times people think, oh, I can go back to work and I can do these things. And I mean, that's part of a defense mechanism against the feelings. And sometimes the distraction is okay, but, um, but you know, you don't have to make any major decisions during this period of time. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, that's all all very well stated. And I think that this idea of, not repressing your feelings is a really important one because some people just like I don't want to I don't want to deal with it and mm-hmm. and if you let out how sad you're feeling a lot of times you'll be able to get some relief yeah it's exactly. very hard to do because you don't want to feel you don't want to cry you don't want to bawl all that stuff but it can release that knot in your gut at least for the moment right and yes. and mm-hmm. Particularly for men, I'm going to say, you know, yes. it's really okay for us to have our feelings, to cry, to be upset, to to be sad, to be vulnerable, to feel guilty, all those things that that you mentioned. Because if you don't if you don't do that, you're probably going to, you know, I shouldn't say probably, you may though incur other kinds yep. of problems as a result. You may have a stomach ache, or you may it's have delicious. or or something, or you may even have a height heightened blood pressure right. as a result of just trying to keep it in. So generally a good idea to allow yourself to just feel what you feel yeah. and and not pass any judgment or not try to control that. And it's interesting because sometimes people will say, I don't want to cry because I'll cry forever. Right, right. They're so afraid of that it'll never be okay, you know, that they will be demonstratively you know, sobbing forever. That's not the case. You know, we do need crying is a natural outlet of pain and sadness, you know, and that's fine. You know, and you can, and you can feel it, it, it can very readily feel that way. If I start crying, it's just this, floodgates are going to open. It's not, I mean, but you do, we do tend to exhaust ourselves. Yes, we do. And um, I have to tell you, Esme is here. And she, I, I, oh, okay. Not, I thought I saw a little, I did not put her out because it's been a raining. Little pale. <laughs> it's been raining and she's like all over me. I think she senses my, what I've been saying. She's like, you know, butting me and licking me. <laughs> 
<laughs> he may see a okay. tail. He's taking care of you. It's He's trying funny. to take care of me in her own way. Thank you so much. You should go sit somewhere nice now. <laughs> now, some of the other things is please don't compare your grieving to somebody else's. It's a unique individual experience. So, and, and, and it, we've talked a lot about this with couples, right? Like, Ken, you you grieve a certain way, but Tim grieves another way. Right. I grieve, you know, differently than my husband grieves. I mean, so it's okay how you grieve. And there are going to be times, especially in families, where some don't speak at all. Some talk all the time. Some cry. Some don't. Some are very stoic. Some are very emotional. But that's what it is. Some sometimes it takes longer for one person yeah. to go through that period, and some sometimes not so for another person in the family. So, but that's all okay. Yeah, and it, and again, it, you you can't impose your sensibility on someone else. You can't tell them that they're doing it wrong or that they need to do something X, Y, Z in order to get through their grief. It, it's very individualized. And I think about sometimes teenagers do things like they isolate and they blare loud music or they just don't want to talk to you if you're their parent. It also is important to keep in mind that that because you're not seeing the way a person's dealing with it, that doesn't mean they aren't dealing with it. Exactly. They might be doing their own thing. They might be journaling. They might be talking to other people. Sometimes members of a couple won't talk so much to each other because they have a sense that it's protective of the other of their partner to talk right. to a close friend more, or at least partly. Or some one of the family or one of the couple will say, "Why are I mean we got this a lot in the group, um, you know." The w women mostly came. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. you know, men didn't come as much. And they would come in and say, my husband's saying, why are you still going to this group? Yeah. Why do you still need to go to the group? <laughs> and and this was a place for them to feel comfortable talking about their loss. But yeah. they were grieving differently and their, than their husbands. Yeah. But that said, it, it, it was a little problematic for them because that's, you know, they got a lot of solace and support in the group. Uh, but unfortunately that was that was a lot of times when what would happen and and it's just again this point that you shouldn't try to control right what the other person needs to do and you also shouldn't try to fix them so i mean sometimes that kind of a question would come from a place of control sometimes it would come from a place of i feel badly because i haven't been able to fix it you just saw esme's tail and 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 none of that is constructive. So you can't fix another person's grief. You shouldn't try to control the way they do it. Everything that they do to take care of themselves, unless in some way it's hurtful of self, and we'll talk a little bit about that yeah. in a bit. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, even if you like screaming into a pillow, you know, yeah. it's like it's you got to do what you got to do to 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 get some relief. I some mean, relief. listen, none of us want to feel this way. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's these these feelings, these emotions are very difficult to handle. You know, who wants to be so sad or mm -hmm. feel so so empty or or to be so angry or feel so guilty? You know, none of us want to do this. But we have talked before. If you don't do this 
then there's a possibility, yes, that behaviors could change, a lot of substance abuse to cope with it or whatever other kind of maybe addictive behavior or physical ailments. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that that accumulates grief, if not dealt with, causes inflammation in the body. Yep. So you know, it's it, it's hard to do. None of us want to do this, but it's really important for us to take that journey. You know, it's just it. And there's no, you know, there's no way but through it. There's no way but through it. And one of the things I I think also it's important to to recognize is that you will probably find yourself asking the same questions over and over and over again. And, and that can make you feel like you're losing it right. and it can make the people around you feel like you're losing. Yeah. But that's part of it. That's part of this too. Like, how am I going to accept this? How am I going to go forward? How am I going to hold on to the fact that they're no longer here? And it's, it's useful for those around us and for us ourselves to reflect on our own doing that by saying, that's how I'm working through it. That's how we get through this. That's how we get to a place where we hold on to this news differently. You know, it's a lot of times um, I had one particular woman I was dealing with um, more recently. And every time I got on the phone with her, she would say, I hate this. I don't want to do this anymore. I hate this. I don't want to do this anymore. I hate this. When is it going to stop? Mm -hmm. And, but that was part of her process, right? To, yeah. to go through those feelings that you have to go through, even though she really was struggling because she, it, it was so painful for her. Yeah. And it's a good thing that she kept doing. It. I mean, just saying that I don't want to do yeah. this. I right. don't want to do this is in a sense, therapeutic. Exactly. Because that's, yeah, of course you don't want to do it. But the fact that you're saying that means that you are in those feelings and at, and getting them out of yourself. Exactly. And that's the thing. That's the you, you want to keep getting them out of yourself so that ultimately it just feels a little, it feels different over time. And I want to go back to, to when the couple issue and one is still grieving and the other one is not so much, but also we've talked about this before is uh, people can't tolerate other people's pain. It's when, once their pain has subsided and their, and their partner or friend or whoever is going, keeps going through it, they just want that to be over for them. Yeah. I mean, it comes out of, it usually comes out of a, a kind intention, yeah. <clears throat> but, but really we each have our own time sure. frames, time frames and sequences. We, we have our own, our own process that has to be honored if we're going to be respectful of one another. And so that's something to always keep in mind that it's, it's, you know, there's, there's there's no place for a judgment in this. That's right. There's no place for judgment when it comes to things we do that are not harmful to self or others. And maybe we can talk a little bit of there are some things that are not the most healthy. Well, so, yes, we are so, going to do that, but I also wanted to say that that we want to talk about betrayal a little bit because I think that you can allow yourself during this grieving process to also have a moment 
to be okay. Yeah. Moment to yeah. maybe even be happy, a moment to be relieved. And a lot of people say, but if I do that, then I'm betraying my animal that died. I, yeah. I, I, that makes me, I, 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 don't, I would never want to betray her, but you need to have that balance to do, to move, to put one foot in front of the other. And, and it's okay. And, and we have a, a, a section in the book that's called welcoming joy back into your life. And, and that's, I mean, the, the, the guidance that I always give on that is look, your beloved friend would not want you to be in despair all the time. They had a great life with you and life ends ultimately. And they would want you to have a, a great life in the future too, in which, in which you hold them in, their, in your heart, you hold them right. in your memories. But who, who, who loves another person would want that person to live in despair for all of their future. I mean, that's just not the way love works. No, right. And especially love of an animal or from an animal because yeah. they held no grudges, they yeah. have no malice. They just want the best for you. Yeah. And, and I have to say, when I'm looking at, at these animals online and I made a call today and had a conversation <laughs> <laughs> about asking them, are you a no-kill shelter? Which was nice to hear that this particular shelter is because there, there, were, there were a couple of dogs who have to go together and I was considering that. But at the, at the beginning of that, I did feel a little bit like, well, you know, is this exploration even something that betrays Isabel's That's relationship right. I had with Isabel? Yeah. And I was like, no. No, Isabel would love that. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what this is about. And it's so, you know, we, but we have to talk to each, ourselves that way, I think. Yes, I do. We have to, tell, I, we have to right, take we, care we, of ourselves. This is okay. This yeah, is okay that I feel okay right now. Yeah. And, I feel, oh, I'm, I'm laughing right now. Oh my God, I saw a movie and I'm laughing. You know, it's perfectly fun. Yeah. And, 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 but there is, if, if it's important, I think, for us to to gain that kind of self awareness mm -hmm. as we're grieving. It's the same. It's the same self awareness that helps us to say, "I'm not losing my mind because my feelings are all over the place." I'm grieving. If exactly. you can keep this kind of vigilance yeah, about, "I'm going through grief." Grief makes you feel very disorganized in many different ways in many different parts of our life. I'm not losing it. I'm not sick. I'm grieving. That's exactly. really that's that's an important kind of degree of self-awareness because otherwise all kinds of judgments and, and one of the most pressing judgments will be I should I should be over this by now. I shouldn't right. be you know, Why am I still grieving? Yeah. Yeah. So so that goes into some of the unhealthy ways I think that people um, can grieve. And so what they do is they they continue to deny that the loss of the loss, no, they, they just deny it. They continue to do that. I mean, we're talking about periods of time. Denial is typical in the beginning. You know, yeah. you believe that your animal has died, but I'm talking months, you know, that they just can't move from there. Yeah, it's important to be in reality. Mm -hmm. It's important to live in the real world. It's important to engage with 
what's really going on. It's, it's one of the things that we have to teach, teach children is that you, you need to interact in the real world. And if you're, if you're denying that the loss has happened, you're, you're, you're not in the real, in the, in the realm of our consensual reality. And that's not a good place to be. Other, other people do use substances. They become yeah. much more involved in substances or more other problematic behaviors because yeah. that has become their coping mechanism. They don't want to think about it. They don't want to deal with it. They just want to be in a different realm, yeah. which is, which is, can be dangerous, obviously. And not helpful. Yeah. yeah. Other socially isolate. Yeah. So you'll find that some people just, they stop going out. You know, they don't, they don't interact with anyone. Um, and, and that continues for a period of time. They are so focused on their loss that they can't interact with anyone else. And, and all these things are, are, there has to be caveats because yes. some people, some people are like, if you're, if you are quite introverted, you probably are going to need a fair amount of alone time to, to manage this, <clears throat> but it shouldn't, it, it shouldn't be the case that you feel totally alone. You, that you feel totally alone in your grief. You deserve to have some support. And if you are somebody who tends to be extroverted and you're cutting off from people who are generally very supportive and, and give you energy, that's not a good thing. Right. But, but all of this is, has to be tempered through yes. the lens of what's your personality and how do you take, how do you best take care of yourself? Yeah, I mean, some, of, some of the other things that come to mind for me are when people literally get suicidal. Yes. I mean, some people seriously, they feel like they start contemplating and planning to hurt or kill themselves. And in that kind of a situation, person really needs to really deserves to get professional help. Absolutely. And, and, and to get with a therapist who can talk with them about the very specifics of their situation and help them figure out how to make sure that they'll be safe and how to be connected to others that will help them to be safe. That's a very complicated and it, very complicated situation that requires very focused, specific mm -hmm. assistance for the particulars of their situation. And professional people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, if, if you have a friend or family member that's starting to, to talk about those things, the best thing to do is to get them help. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and also to realize that if you're worried about somebody, if you see that they're so down and they're doing things that make you worried about whether they're even maybe contemplating hurting themselves. It's, it can't hurt to ask them. Exactly. You can't can hurt to ask them. One of the things that we need to keep in mind is that you will never put into somebody's mind the thought that maybe they should hurt themselves or kill themselves if they weren't there already. Exactly. If you're not, they're not, you're not going to say, wow, you know, I'm so concerned about you. I'm worried that maybe you're thinking about hurting yourself, are you, that's not going to give them sort the of the feeling that, hey, maybe I, should, maybe I should hurt. It doesn't work that it doesn't way. Work, right. It does not doesn't work. work that way. Right. So it, it doesn't hurt to ask because you will get 
an answer of some kind that will give you more insight into how they're doing. More information. Yeah, more information. Very important. So, and otherwise, I mean, yes, some some people get too overwhelmed with all of their the emotions so they can't function or they ruminate about the loss or they obsess about the one who, the, the dog or cat that's died or they wallow in guilt. So all of those kind of things that we just talked about um, are ways that are, are unfortunately pretty unhealthy. Unhealthy. Grieve. And they're not really, they're not really ways to grieve at all. Right. They're unhealthy patterns. They're unhealthy attempts to take care of yourself. I mean, it's all, everything right. generally people do is trying to solve the problem of how they're feeling, but they're unhealthy patterns. And all, and always in that case, people will be helped by going somewhere to talk about it talking to whether it's, Zoom, whether it's in person whether it's in a group it doesn't matter um it's really important for them to have the ability to kind of share where they are um and talking about it will will help them and will they'll, it'll make them feel better um on a whole and um, it also will give them strategies exactly we give them plans for maybe there are some activities that they can do that will help brighten their mm-hmm. their spirits maybe there are things that they used to do in the past that really energize them that they haven't been doing recently that maybe they could reconnect with and also it may be the case that they should see somebody who is professionally equipped to prescribed medication, whether that's a psychiatrist or a nurse practitioner in the psychiatric field who can give them a prescription that'll help them through this particularly difficult time. There's, it's so important for us to say there's no stigma to that. We we at times need help of that sort. I have needed help of that sort. (laughs) It's okay. It's part of how we take care of ourselves. Exactly. And, and so everything that everything that's an option we should consider if we're in dire straits. Exactly. Most people won't be. Most people are going to do things that are that are going to help them go through their path of, of grieving, but it never can hurt to get help. No. It, can't also, it can be complicated by a mental illness. It could be complicated yeah. by a family situation. It could be complicated yeah. by another loss of some sort. So you're right. It's, it's, it's very unique to this, to that particular person's experience. Yep. So, so I guess we're out of time, so we should wrap up. And my message is if, if, if what you're doing to help you get through this isn't hurting you and isn't hurting somebody else, it's a okay. It is fine. It's okay. Exactly. You should right. do it. You, it's we not need to right, do, not wrong. It's yours. You do it. And so. and, uh, and if if you are doing things that are that are unhealthy, then it's a good idea to to rethink that and to maybe get some help. Exactly. I I did owe you. Okay. All right. Well, great talking with you as always, Nancy. And uh, next week we're going to have a special program. We're going to have guests. So we'll. Yes. We'll, uh, we'll be looking forward to that, and hopefully you'll be able to join us next week. Yeah. Take care, everyone.